Welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talk, the podcast where we talk about the magical world of Kidlet from the closed stacks of the library. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 programmers in the Child and Youth Department with a passion for children's literature. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon a specific theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital format, which include audiobooks, picture books, junior fiction, nonfiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. Hi, Laura. Hi, Leanna. We're back. I know. It's been a few months. We haven't forgot about you. We're here. And we're so excited to be here to talk about all of our library news for the summer. Yes, and we've got some great book picks to go along with for you to read this summer. It'll be great. So why don't we start the show with some highlights for our summer programs that are coming up. Laura, could you tell them a little bit about what's going on this summer? Yes, for sure. Our successful Marvelous Monday uh, afternoon programs are back this summer at 2.30. On Mondays throughout the summer, um, we have some great performers, some different events happening on those Mondays, lots of fun for all ages, which is fantastic. Uh, We will have our story time at St. Paul in the Garden again on Tuesdays, canoe story time Thursday mornings. We're back at Harmony Square with our play date in the square. We're also going to try one at St. Paul Thursday afternoons and a bunch of other things that we have going on here at the library you'll have to check out. Yes, and I will continue my tween. So that's for our older kids, roughly 8 to 12. Every Thursdays at 2.30, we'll have tween club with different activities, Mm -hmm. as well as kids night out in the evenings, because that's one of our more popular sort of maker and STEM programs that we do at the library. So that'll continue throughout the summer. So I'm really excited to see all the families and the kids coming to join us. And of course, we have our TD Summer Reading Club, which begins um, that first week of July. Kids can read and submit ballots and, of course, win prizes. Lots of great prizes all summer long. So encourage lots of great reading this summer. Absolutely. And there's no registration this year. So you just visit our website and you'll find all of this information and you can submit your ballots. And if you're older than 12, there is teen summer reading as well as adult summer reading. So the whole family can get involved. And we have, of course, our Read On Summer Tutoring, which registration just opened. Um, Everything's available on our website. There are still lots of spots available. It'll be both at the Main Library or St. Paul. So take a peek if you need some tutoring for the summer for uh, kids going into grade two and six, grade two to six. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. Okay, so we're back to talking about books. So why don't we, I mean, I feel a little out of touch. It's been a while. And we certainly are reading a lot of books. So Laura, why don't you tell us what you've been reading or what you are reading right now. So in terms of like personally what I've been reading, I've just loved, um, I love Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld and it's actually the Reese pick I think for May. It was fantastic. It's my most favorite book that I read this year. I love it. I recommend it to everybody. But thanks to you, I've just started Beartown and I'm totally late to the game, but I'm like halfway through and I'm I'm fully invested. It's fantastic. So yeah. I would love to just carve out a little Beartown segment to our podcast, yes. but this is not a Beartown no. podcast. I definitely co-sign on Frederick Bachman. That's yeah. a great series and I love all his books. Yeah. So I just finished something that I think, um, well, the TikTok world has certainly heard of, and that is Rebecca Yaros's fourth wing. Now, last time I checked, we don't have a whole lot of holds on it. So I feel like Bramford, it hasn't really sparked interest in Bramford. No, I don't. But I feel like it's coming. Yeah, it's definitely looming because this book, I swear, is sold out 
everywhere. If you go on Amazon, if you go on Indigo, you cannot order this book. I actually had my husband scouring Walmarts and airports in the States recently, and he found one copy at a Dallas Perfect. airport. And the reason why... I mean, you know, TikTok, the TikTok trend is real. Mm. FOMO is real. One of the reasons why I picked up a fantasy adult books is because I just right. want to be included. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what people are talking about. Yes. So I enjoyed The Fourth Wing. Um, I think I think it's one of those types of books that really gear to a lot of different types of readers. Mm. Definitely adult because there's adult themes. I'm yep. not suggesting you give this to your kid or no. your teenager absolutely not it's a very much an adult book but it's a fast-paced adventure story okay. with dragons so cool. highly recommend that one so okay. that's what i'm reading kind of like wings of fire for adults it's sort of maybe i don't know i did read wings of fire this past spring and i really liked it so there you go and there's dragon and dragons, and dragons. are awesome i mean i was asking for that book i was like i need to read this book it was and great. i have to say it's a good mashup of like hunger games and a little bit of like a quarter thorns and roses, which another, which is another YA like crazy popular book. So, that is cool. So, okay. so buddy read. We're back. Okay, now we're gonna get back, step Steer. back a bit. We gotta, you know, keep focus. So we're yeah. back to children's books. Yes. And our first one that we're going to discuss today is Middle Grade, and it is a graphic novel called Swim Team by Johnny Christmas, a Canadian author. Yes. Well, I think he's actually American, but lives in. Vancouver. But we've claimed him. We've claimed we've, him as our own. We've claimed him. He was up for the Silver Birch uh, for Forest of Reading as well this past spring. So unfortunately, or fortunately, our buddy Colleen Nelson did win it. So for the Undercover Book Club, which is fantastic. So congratulations, Colleen Nelson. Yes. And you know, honorable mention to Johnny Christmas. Here we are. Yes, I've wanted, this was one of those books that I've wanted to read for a while. And it was actually yes. on one of our recs. One of our staff members, yeah. So I was like, let's read this together and bring it to the show because I think, I mean, it's swimming, it's um, it's diverse, it's it has gorgeous art because Johnny, yeah. he's a he's an illustrator. He's an and, illustrator. And who knew that he, well, I didn't know this, that he illustrated Margaret Atwood's graphic novel, right. Angel Catbird. Yep. Did you know that? I did not. Okay, so I'm yeah, I'm in awe. So th- this, this... I know person is amazing. Yes. So here's our setup. Let's focus back on the swim yeah. team. So here's our our setup of swim team. Brie can't wait for the first day at her new middle school, home to the mighty manatees, until she's stuck with the only elective that fits her schedule, the dreaded swim 101. The thought of swimming makes Brie more than a little queasy, yet she's forced to dive headfirst into one of her greatest fears. Lucky for her, Etta an elderly occupant of her apartment building and former swim team captain, is willing to help. With Etta's training and a lot of hard work, Bree suddenly finds her swim craze community counting on her to turn the school's failing team around. But that's easier said than done. Can Bree defy the odds and guide her team to a state championship? Or have the manatees swum, swum, swum? Swam? Swam. Swum. I wrote swim. Okay, so swim team. What did you think, Laura? So first of all, I have to say I I love the book. I love it visually, but I could relate to Brie because I don't swim and I'm actually terrified of water. So really, yes. Oh my gosh, I'm learning like all these new things today. Yeah. So I had a. I actually had like I could really relate to her, and I also had a hard time with it too because I have I tried as an adult to take lessons, try to get over my fear, and couldn't get over my fear. Oh so goodness. I that's what I loved about this book is that she got over her fear. So it's okay. easier when you're younger, not when you're older. Now has it inspired you to try again? Not at all. But, <laughs> oh <my laughs> but goodness. no, I no no way. But yeah, I know. But that's why I loved it because I'm like, hey, she got over that fear that I could never get over, and she's like, 
is a remarkable swimmer. So there you go. Well, she is, and she definitely gets over that fear, and that those that fear is is real. It's real. Oh, for sure. So I yeah. like personally have always taken sw- swimming for granted. So I've right swum, swam, <laughs> swam. Why do I keep saying swam? I don't know. I swam um, since I was quite young. Like right. I basically we never had a pool, but I grew up at the beach. We went to right. the beach all the time, and I really loved how the graphic novel blends the fact and fiction, and it yes. he goes back and discusses the generational reason why she isn't a swimmer. For sure. The historical references and the information that in this book were great because I mean you you learned something too. Absolutely. Like it, there's um pages, I think it's page 82 to 83. Mm-hmm. It has like the pu- the pieces of the puzzle yeah. connecting and he goes yeah. back to the 60s and the 70s. He brings into the Jim Crow laws. He talks right. about black communities basically not being allowed segregation and all that to yeah. go into the pools yeah and obviously if they're not allowed to go into to swim how are they supposed to learn right. so that if they're if her parents can't swim then the kids can't swim and right. it's like a cycle yeah that's um that is passed along um it reminded me of um another book that i brought to the show by india brown the girl in the lake right which was it's a different genre it's a bit it's a creepy story but she talks about that blast black yeah. history and race racism and it's um just a great way to read a fun well a serious subject in a fun contemporary manner and i mean it's all about friendship too i mean there's all these great bonds she's in a new school but she makes these friends you miss etta and her friends i just i love the intergenerational bit of it too i think it was it was just it was a great book so yeah and you have the paperback copy but i have the hardcover and when you remove the dust jacket It's totally different inside. So I'm a big, like, with picture books, I love taking off the dust jacket and seeing what the actual cover looks like. And this is, does not, does not disappoint. It's amazing. So that's, that's on the starting blocks, it's awesome. So, so try, if you get a chance, get your hands on the hardcover just to take a peek at the cover. So yeah. that's beautiful. I also loved the food descriptions mm-hmm. and how culturally it like, yes. brings in the Caribbean food. Like, yeah. The papaya soup. There's all these like plantains and these yeah. rich descriptions of foods and like flavors. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the new school trope. And I feel like another yeah. book that I'm going to talk about is, is one of those tropes where it's mm-hmm. a brand new school for a kid and how like just that piece in it in and of itself is so difficult yep. because it's so hard to start at a new school, especially in middle school. Yeah. That's an awkward... And a new state. Like, not yes. even, like, just a new city. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Brie moves from New York City... Right. ...to Florida. Yeah. With her single dad. Yeah. She's an only child. She's a single dad. Like, it's... Yeah. I love the father-daughter yeah. relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great one. I mm-hmm. highly recommend this one. That Swim Team by Johnny... Johnny Christmas. Best name ever. My first book is... I'm going, I'm going to keep with the whole new school trope for my first book. Okay. And I'm going to talk about What Happened to Rachel Riley by Claire Swinarski. This is a brand new contemporary mystery that was released this past January. And here's the setup. So Anna Hunt, an eighth grader at a new school, uses social media posts, past notes, and other clues to find out why a formerly popular girl is now the pariah of her new school. Anna may be the new girl at East Middle School, but she can already tell there's something off about her eighth grade class. Rachel Riley, 
who just last year was one of the most popular girls in school, has become a social outcast. But no one, including Rachel Riley herself, will tell Anna why. So this puts Anna in this interesting situation where she uses this idea of doing an unessay, which is like the big grade eight school project, on this girl she doesn't even know. Because hmm. she's trying to figure out why nobody talks to one of the most popular girls in the school anymore. Hmm. Like there's been some sort of event and she's like, I'm going to use like this mystery. A little eight. bit, but it's almost semi-sinister. Like, because it's grade eight and right. as someone who has a 12 year old, it made me a little uncomfortable in certain spots because I thought, oh gosh, because there's a lot of themes in here that are right. heavy. So I don't recommend this to the younger middle grade. I definitely recommend this to grade like seven, grade eight. Yeah. Again, I love that new school trope. There's another move. So she's moving from Chicago to Madison, Wisconsin. I liked that she connects with her grandmother in Poland. So there's like a good, rich, intergenerational relationship there. She has a solid family. Like her mom and dad are, are like both lawyers. She has an older, super smart sister. There's like no toxic elements to that family structure. And I thought that it was almost like a breath of fresh air like reading it because I'm like this family is solid like I love that Anna comes from this strong family with like such great values but then she enters this school and it's just like toxic city obviously there's a lot of issues going on involving consent harassment gender dynamics power imbalances friendship conflict of course bullying and herd mentality the Mm. idea that people just remain complicit even when they know something wrong has happened and ultimately this book is about standing up for what you believed in it's multi-layered I think there's a lot that older middle grade students can take from it and if I was a grade eight teacher I would add this to to the curriculum for discussion it was a solid read that's Claire Swinarski's what happened to Rachel Riley All right, so I have my middle grade pick this month, and it's actually a graphic novel as well. It's called Fox Point's own Gemma Hopper. It is written and illustrated by Bree Spangler. I'm not going to go into like a big um, description. I'll just tell you what I love about this book. Gemma is a girl who loves baseball, and she can pitch. I'm in. First, you have me a baseball, and then you add a female baseball player. I am in the story. Gemma's mom is out of the picture, and Gemma is the daughter, the only daughter in the family. She's a domestic goddess taking care of her dad, brothers, and she's a pitcher in the making because her older brother, Teddy, is the baseball star of their town. Um, And he's taught his sister how to pitch because he needs someone to pitch to him. One day, a kid records Gemma pitching to her brother, and it goes viral-ish anyway in their community and gets all kinds of hits. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, what I love about this story, though, is that She's a girl who can pitch but doesn't know she can pitch, like throwing like 89 miles an hour fastballs and like at 13 years old. It's just fantastic. Her brother, like eventually, he goes through a little bit of jealousy at the fact, like, why is my sister getting attention all of a sudden? Um, But then he accepts it and he nurtures her talents in order to get her the recognition that she also deserves because he's going to some big school in Florida with some baseball thing and now he's trying to get her to go with him. It's awesome. And I love that there's one part in the book where Gemma turns to her brother Teddy and says, but I'm a girl. 
And that's the thing, like girls are sport always kind of steered towards softball. But he says to her, correction, you are a six foot tall slingshot. And it's like, girls can totally play baseball. And here in Brantford, uh, Brantford Minor Baseball, we have a whole organization called Brantford Girls Baseball. And they're really encouraging girls to, to try hardball because because they can. So I love baseball. So for me, this book was perfection. And I love that girls are trying baseball. I think it's fantastic because they don't have to try. They can. Like, there's no trying in it. They can just do it. So um, at the end of the book, too, I love that Brie actually, like, in her thank yous, she talks about her love for baseball. So I just love this book. Uh, Fox Point's own Gemma Hopper by Brie Spangler. I recommend it for anyone who loves baseball, no matter what gender you are or aren't. Uh, it's just fantastic. I just loved it. So great baseball book. Yeah. Graphic novel too. Fantastic. Beautiful illustrations. Amazing. Do you think there's enough in there for someone who's not keen about baseball? Absolutely. Yes. Because there's not a whole lot of like, like there's definitely some baseball terminology throughout it. Because I mean, I'm not, I am no expert on baseball by any means. Um, but I just like, I just like to watch baseball. Like I've never in my life, I'm like the least athletic person I know. I don't play sports. I never have in my life, but I love to watch baseball because I just understand it for some reason. I think it's the pace of the game. For me, I love it. And like Gemma's a lefty. I'm a lefty too. So it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. I have one more question. Yeah. When you say baseball, is that fastball? And fastball. then softball? Hardball. 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 So, and softball is underarm? Underarm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she's playing what's more, more deemed a boy sport, boy side of yes. baseball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or a male oriented sport, I guess, or something. So yeah, it's fantastic. I loved it. It was a great book. So. Okay. I yeah. love it. Great pick, Laura. Thanks. Okay. I'm going to jump in with another middle grade and this is Angie Thomas's brand new middle grade called Nick Blake and the Remarkables, the Manifesto Prophecy. So we've all heard of Angie Thomas. She, I hope you have. I mean, if you haven't, I mean, please visit our young adult section and pick up some Angie Thomas because she has written some of the most memorable, thought-provoking, and important mm -hmm. young adult books in the last 10 years. For sure. So the one that really started it all for her was The Hate You, you Give, give yeah. and it, the follow-up on The Come Up, which are yeah. great. They la really launched her career. For sure. So she's a bit of a left turn. She's trying middle grade, like a lot of them are doing now. Yeah. And here's a setup for Nick Blake, which I love that it's Nick and I see because <laughs> clearly, clearly she is... Um, An ode? Making reference to one of her besties, Nick Stone, which I love. Okay, here's our setup. It's not easy being a remarkable in the unremarkable world, sp specifically the unremarkable town of Jackson, Mississippi. Think wizards versus muggles. Right. Some things are cool, like getting a pet hellhound for your 12th birthday. Others, not so much, like not being trusted to learn magic because you might use it to take revenge on an annoying neighbor. All Nick Blake wants is to be a powerful manifester like your dad. So again, we have father-daughter father relationship. Yep. I didn't I didn't do that on purpose. No. But I just, oh gosh, I'm here for it. And I love it yeah. so much. But before she has a chance to convince him to teach her the gift, a series of shocking revelations and terrifying events launch Nick and two friends on a hunt for a powerful magic tool she's never heard of to save her father from imprisonment for a crime she refuses to believe he committed. We've got this young, magical 12-year-old girl on a, a quest mm -hmm. to save her father, mm -hmm. who she believes has not done anything. Right. So there's a lot of family secrets and drama that evolve out of this right. 
in the very beginning of the book. It has that chosen one trope, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, there's lots of books that we can bring up that are very similar to that. Yep. Um, And there's a book within a book. In fact, the whole story starts with her wanting to go to a book signing of a book that she's obsessed with, and she realizes that TJ, I think his name is TJ Retro, is connected directly... He's, he, but he's directly related to her family. Right. So, and this is a family that has a little bit of baggage and some trauma. Whew, there's a lot, there's I, a lot to unpack. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack in this For story, sure. but it has the Tristan Strong vibes. It has Percy Jackson, Black Panther, Amari, Amari and the Knight yeah. Brothers, a little bit of Indiana Jones. Ooh. Um, it's clear that Angie Thomas had a lot of fun writing this story right and I think when I finished this I was like oh I gotta put my hold on the next one like right away because it's a story that you want to you want to seek out and you want to watch it and evolve this is um a main character that I think a lot of kids will gravitate towards and root for because she's so lovable she's so real the friendships that evolve out of the story are they feel real Mm -hmm. and they feel like I don't know they just feel like something that kids can relate to and they'll sure yeah this was a page turner and a lot of fun that's nick blake and the remarkables the manifesto prophecy by angie thomas love it all right i'm here with my final two picks because i i don't know i snuck a third in because i always feel bad that my mine are a little bit shorter than yours anyway so my first is my emergent pick which is a brand new series called shermie and shake the not so nice neighbor it's written by kirby larson and illustrated by sinji Fujioko. Fujioka. Fujioka? I tried so hard to pronounce it. Now I can't do it properly. So I'm sorry, Shinji, if I didn't do it properly. Anyway, uh, it's a fantastic story. I love it. It's a really cute, perfect, like early chapter book for any kid who's just starting to read chapter books. It's amazing. It's the story of how two very different personalities become such good friends through the course of the summer. Shermi is a boy who lives in his neighborhood with his family, his older sister. Shake is visiting his grandma for the summer because his mom and stepdad are on their honeymoon. Shermi's mom is trying to give Shake's grandma a break by always inviting Shake over, but Shermi doesn't really want to hang out with Shake because they're very different. Shermi likes order and schedules. He doesn't like wearing his glasses though that he just got. Um, and Shake is definitely more of a free spirit kind of come as you come as you are and let's, you know, it's fine. So they do eventually, um, they bond over peanut butter and sweet pickle sandwiches, which I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to like, as I was reading the book, I'm like, would that taste good together? I don't know. Absolutely not. I, I totally agree with you, but I don't know. Maybe if I were like, a nine-year-old kid, it would be. Anyway, <laughs> um, they learn that compromise is what helps to form a friendship. And it's just a really great, it's a great buddy story about two friends who, you know, are unlikely friends and become really good friends. Uh, I can't wait to see where the next book takes this friendship. It's a really cute one. So Sure Me and Shake, The Not-So-Nice Neighbor by Kirby Larson, illustrated by Sinji Fujioka. I think I did okay. All right. And then I have my picture book. So... Uh, my picture book is called Nell Plants a Tree, beautiful book, by Anne Winter and illustrated by Daniel Miares. I practiced that one too, so hopefully I got it right. That's the Spanish last name. This book, again, is just, it's just stunning. Like, I'm a sucker for a, a book about gardens, whether they're plant-based gardens or people-based gardens. And that's what this is. This is a people-based garden with a plant 
swing to it. So it's all about the story of Nell who finds a seed and plants a seed and throughout her life she watches the tree grow into what it becomes and at the same time you witness Nell's life as well like she's planted her own garden you know so it's just a beautiful story it would be a great gift book really to give to a grandparent a parent a child a child who's graduating because it's just it just shows you how life the things that happen through life and you grow together with the plants and the trees and your family your people that are with you it's just it's a really beautiful book i loved it and that's now plants a tree by ann winter and illustrated by daniel miares so i hope we brought some good summer choices yeah to your tbr and i should say just in case i mentioned tbr at home and my husband didn't know what that meant so <laughs> when we say tbr it means to be read. To be read. To be read. So we hope your TBR for the summer. You're adding some stuff yeah. to it after listening today. Mm-hmm. So why don't we end the episode with, with discussing a bit of our desk TBR? Because Laura okay. and I, I don't oh. know if I don't know if you know this, but we are kind of known in library circles for having some of the worst kept desks. Oh no! Like at I the take library. the cake. I I have the prize by far. I know it. So our I own it. Our desks are. Oh, there's always little TBR piles. So Laura, why don't, you, why don't you tell us what's on your desk major TBR piles that you're me. hoping to read this summer? Um, so for my kids' picks, I've, so I've got a few um, that I really, truly do want to get through this summer. Um, one that I've had my eye on for like years on the kids' fiction shelves is Where the Watermelon Grows because it has the most amazing cover. Like, and it's just so simple, but I yes. really want to read that this summer. And going to my baseball, uh, Marcus Stroman, who's a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, but he actually started his career with the Blue Jays. Go Blue Jays. He's got a new gra- middle grade series out. So his first book is called The Grip. I really want to read that this summer. And just actually came out today is the new Colleen Nelson, The Umbrella House. I'm really excited to read that one this summer. So yeah. Amazing. We love Colleen. Love her. Hi, okay. Colleen. I'm going to add a debut novel called The Swifts, A Dictionary of Scoundrels by Beth Lincoln. This was brought to my attention from another podcast that I listened to. Mm. It is middle grade and it looks very Penderwicks meet Lemony Snicket. It. It's got the whimsical um, wordplay and etymology kind of ties mm-hmm. to the story about a family called the Swifts. And the main character is Shen- Shenanigan Swift. I thought and his it- name was going to be Taylor, but... Okay. No, that, I don't think this has any... Okay, everything has to do with Taylor Swift, but I do not think this middle grade novel does, um, which is surprising. But Shenanigan yeah. Swift gets her name because they have like this family ritual where kids are named randomly by the mom getting the name out of the dictionary. Oh, That's all I know go. about it, but her name is Shenanigan, and I think there that's you go. an amazing name. So we will see you after the summer. Yes. And we hope you have a great summer, and yeah, we'll be we'll back in September. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All of the books discussed in this episode are available in print and digital format on either Libby or Hoopla. Please visit brantfordlibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other great programs. Juicebox Book Talks is edited by us with music courtesy of purple-planet.com.